Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. one two all right three two one nobody likes a good underdog story more than me fred van vliet welcome to bet on yourself a podcast about diverse entrepreneurs overcoming obstacles on their way to building businesses designed not just to survive but to thrive in today's rapidly changing world with me as always is my co-host and business advisor Derek folk coo of folk williams financial management what's up d all right man how you doing good good thanks for coming uh, our first guest today is going to be Clarence Ford. Clarence Ford ran away to join the circus. <laughs> no, really, he did. He was a choreographer at Cirque du Soleil before he came to CEO of his own shop, Clarence Ford Entertainment. Now he has created Square Circle, a social circus, and works with kids and teens, many from underserved communities. Clarence has given back to help young people realize their potential and learn valuable life skills. His goal is to grow Square Circle to a bigger and more recognized non-for-profit. Now more than ever, these kids need a place to express themselves after spending a chunk of their childhoods at home, away from their friends and social settings. Clarence, welcome, brother. How you hey, feeling? Hey, today? guys. What's up? All right. How you doing, Derek. man? Happy to have you, man. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, you know your origin story. Where did it all start? So basically, my background... From when I started, I'm here born in Toronto, born and raised in Toronto. I started as an athlete, and my dad's Canadian, and, and of course he had me playing hockey. So that was my majority of my life, and then um, I was dancing. So years later, I joined a group. So I've never really worked a straight job because I've always been in, this, in dancing and, and performing. And I grew up in, and I got to be a choreographer and traveled the world and done anything, everything from concerts to, to, to tours and everything. But uh, what happened in my choreography thing, uh, I'm going to jump to Square Circle, is um, one day, um, long story short, it's a very long story, but um, I met with uh, Robert Foster from, um, he was the chair of Artscape, and he introduced, like I introduced by him from um, Janice uh, oh, what's Janice's last name? Oh my God, she was the CEO of um, uh, of um, Luminato. I did a show for, I did a funk festival. I'm a big James Brown fan, so I did a funk festival and it was successful at City Hall. We had like ten thousand people, and they had this whole book thing happening. And she introduced me to Robert Foster, and who was the chair of Artscape. And he said, "We're building this building on uh, in Regent Park, and they're doing a revitalization, which is incredible." And then. Um, I went down and they had an incubator and everything. I didn't even know what an incubator was because I'm, you know, I've come from the world of choreography, right. from doing everything from choreography, from fashion to to to, to raptors to everything. And anyways, um, what ended up happening? I get into this building. It was still under construction. I'm going through this building. I was totally blown away because being born in Toronto, I knew Regent Park as the old. It was like it was uh, Regent Park. If you didn't know, was even before what they had in New York. In in, uh, in Harlem mm -hmm. and all the brownstone buildings, it came from Toronto first, and then uh, New York copied Toronto. Wow! And then uh, so it's that kind of vibe for the people that don't know Regent Park. They hear this, and so um, I went there and saw this whole bu amazing building. Where in the first floor they had it was for events. They had a dance studio. Um, they had uh, another theater. They had another room, a big box room that holds up to 500 people. Second floor was catered to community. And the third floor was, a, was an organization called CSI, Center for Social Innovation. And I, and I was looking, walking around. I said, at that point, I want to start a circus program. So that's, it came from verbally. And how it started from working with Cirque du Soleil. Um, they used to give me tickets uh, for and every time they come to Toronto for and they have a, a, a rehearsal and they just so they wouldn't fill it they'd fill it maybe what maybe 500 600 people and they give everybody tickets uh, from local communities 
And so first time I got, they called me and said, hey, I got tickets for you in Toronto and you can get to the kids in the local communities. I said, okay, cool. I went to Regent Park in St. Jamestown. And I went there and I gave them 50 tickets each. And I came back the next week and they were still sitting there. <laughs> wow. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, and I realized that at that point, these kids are first generation, maybe second, that don't even know Cirque. They yeah. couldn't even afford to go there. Yeah. So what I did is I, I kind of befriended, started hanging out, and I got the kids to go. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that they were uh, glorifying it, I got them to do a backstage tour because I wanted to understand the process. Mm-hmm. And when it was my show or somebody else's show, we go back and do workshops. And that's how it all started. Wow. So basically, I stood in front. Again, I'm going back. I stood in front of the window, the, the frame. It was all. It wasn't even poured concrete, anything there. And then um, I looked. I saw the Star Circus program because I just. I guess it was a, something that hit me inside. Yeah. And so I don't know anything about non for profit world at that point. Right. About six years ago, and I just had to figure everything out. Yeah. It was all gut instinct. So, so my my first question would be, and it's not more so about the business. It just would be like, what do you think made you? do that other than the fact that you had experience in the circus like what what was the passion behind making sure that more kids saw it is it just because of how amazing the circus is to you and you want to share that or was it more so like trying to incorporate the community that you were seeing at the time well you know what to be honest has the same thing what you're doing yeah for me as what people done for me in the past in my life. Right. They gave me an opportunity. Mm. And that's the first thing I saw. I mm-hmm. felt that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I didn't even have an idea. Mm-hmm. And there's people in my life helped me to get to this point now. And that's the thing that hit me first, rather mm-hmm. than seeing the whole community. Because I didn't even understand the community. That's a whole other story, mm-hmm. coming into a not-for-profit world. But what it was, it wasn't even giving back. It was just doing something. Right. Giving back to the kids of what they need to have and, mm-hmm. and setting examples. So then my second question would be, um, tell us a little bit more about what you're actually doing, like detailed in terms of how do you take that, what you just explained, and make it make sense for the non-for-profit, like when you have to get organized and now you have to have an actual plan of what you want to do going forward. So that's interesting. Great question. So how it started, um, once I decided I want to put the school together, or I didn't even know I called it, it was called the Inner City Social Circus Program. Mm-hmm. And it was this long word. And so I just started like that. And being in an in incubator really helped me a lot because we had people with non-for-profit and we partnered. Mm-hmm. And I learned from everybody. I had uh, paralegals. I had people that helped me my business plan. And so basically when I decided that, I, um, being the founder and executive director, I went to the Toronto Board, TDSB, and I spoke to the director of that time. And I said, I want to start a circus program. And he says, I'm all in. I explained the kind of vision I wanted to do. He says, I'm all in. And then he said, go to talk to the trustees. And I talked to the trustees. And then, then they, they, they gave me the reality. We want a business plan yep. and a curriculum. Yep. I was like, <laughs> yep. I'm a choreographer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I direct and I like, and so, and then I went to Cirque du Soleil. And, and I, when I went back to Cirque, and I told them what I'm doing. Cirque has this program called Cirque du Monde, that that's exactly what they do. And, and um, I met this woman, Marsha Kennington. And Marsha was uh, like the grandmother of social circus programming. And social circus is engaging youth in underserved communities using circus arts through mental illness, all kinds of things, whatever it's needed at that time. So what I basically did, I figured out a way of how to um, recruit. So I'd use interns. And I used interns to help me that were doing like their, their masters uh, um, in social work. And so I had an intern, they needed their work hours. So they came in and, and helped me with my curriculum. I had another person doing a business plan. So basically I built it on interns mm-hmm. and I had to learn a new way. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started to get right. the whole thing happening. Right. So I had my curriculum and then my business plan. Wow. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my vantage point, I want to know as you went through your business plan, how did it modify, shape, or help you shape your idea okay that's a really interesting <laughs> um the business plan i didn't really understand it because it was i was just now learning circus world okay. because i'm coming from the performing world where they give you you know you do your job you got a budget and they give you the money now I have to raise it right so there was a whole learning curve even before that understanding the community how to engage the community um so to answer your question it was a slow process 
talking, doing relationships with different people, having mentors as yourselves, mm -hmm. and help me get to that point, to that understanding. And what happened really, um, I had a, an ad agency guy create our name in Square Circle. Okay. And this is what really changed my thinking to answer your question and how the, the business. He said, he, I said, I need a name now. So inner city social circus program won't work. I said, I need a name. So he kept coming to meetings, kept doing drawings. And he drew circle and basketball and hoop and all kinds of things because of the community and basketball and everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he, he came up with the plan. He, he drew, I have it on, on, a, on a big paper, a white sheet, a circle and a square. And he, and he said, what it is, you're gonna, everybody's going to know you by your logo, not by your name. Right. Mm. So you can have That's square good. circle anywhere, square That's circle good. Miami, square circle Toronto, square circle Orangeville, square circle, square circle anything. Right. And I said, dude, this has nothing to do with circus. I'm thinking <laughs> clown and juggling and all kinds of business, right? Like something to do with circus, but it had nothing. He said, it'll come to you. Okay. Wow. And I said, okay. And then years later, or maybe a year or two later, it came to me by working in the kids in the community. And that's what I learned about working in intangibles. They come to you. Right. When you have something tangible, it's easy because you see it. Microphone's right here. I see it. But it's intangible. You have to work to get there. Mm -hmm. And you have to be open and vulnerable to understand it. Okay. So then I saw it. So what our logo is, the circle is the energy of the kids, and a square is a safe place for them to be in. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's deep. So now, exactly. So now it transcends the circus world. Okay. Right? And that's what we are now. Okay. Wow. So, and that what we do I don't want to jump ahead, so go on. Well, no, I think that, that that's good what you said. So my next question would be, so you start it, and typically once you start, you have a plan, but as you get deeper into it, you begin to evolve. So what would you say has been your evolution? In? Oh, there's so many. Um, from the beginning, oh, I have to go in order of how it happened because it's the process. Yes. And, and again, so the process was for me, the first time I, okay, let me open up, a, let me start a program for a week. And I did a small program and I went to the schools and I went around to the neighborhood and I announced it and I, and I paid for it the first maybe year and a half on my own. And no one showed up. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I didn't understand it. So I, I had to hang around the community because there's a trust factor. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that. There's a whole learning curve. So I went in the community, started hanging out, and I befriended the principals in the schools. So I went around to the principals in the schools, and I built relationships with the schools. And then what I did, I, I found a teacher that was, uh, she was from another district, way out in Scarborough. It was like maybe for the kids, like an hour and a half ride to Regent Park. And I had these kids from another school come in, and from the same kind of type of inner, not inner, say, but so, uh, um, um, underserved community from Scarborough come in, and, and with our, we had 10 or 12 of them and four Regent Park kids that came together. And that's where it all came together for me. Okay. And, it, and, and it's learning that whole process. You know, it's a step at a time. You can't just jump and put the business plan. It's right. like that learning curve. Right. Okay. That's good. Yeah, you got to be able to pivot. Exactly. It's like playing sports. Right. And, I, and just to answer that, I learn a lot from coaches and teams, especially the Raptors. When, you, when that whole thing of trust, when, when, uh, when the coach said to you guys that Fort boxing one, mm -hmm. that's improvising. Yeah. Right? You got to do it. On, you got to think. Yeah. And, use your, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's why I basically built the program. And, and then uh, and there's a story. Yeah, 1,000%. So, so for me, I would say I've learned this myself, and um, Derek can attest to this, but I've known sports my whole life, right? And it's been, uh, people don't like when I say this, but it's been relatively easy for me. It's natural, it comes natural to me. So for me, I've never really dealt with setbacks in sports because the things that people think are setbacks for me, I don't view them that way. Like I, if I lose a game, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. No, I don't really lose that much. So I don't, it doesn't bother me. You know, the worst thing that could happen is injuries. You know what I mean? Knock on wood. That's a setback to me in sports world. But in business, and especially in you know the, the realm that you're working in, there are a lot of setbacks. So what would you say would be your biggest setback or what's something that you remember as your first setback? You know what? It's myself, to be mm. honest. It's, it's like the setback is when you have walls that come up constantly in non-for-profit world. And it's learning about myself. Mm. Have to be vulnerable to open up. Mm -hmm. You know, I could tell you about all the problems that are out there but 
it's exactly the same way you look at it. How do I open up myself to look beyond it, to go beyond? Because I am an example of the kids. Yeah. You see, I'm an example of the kids. So if, I, if they see me getting through, they're going to get through. Right. And that's where it comes from. First, I could sit here and tell you all the stories that, you was know. Was there a moment that you remember, like, that you can point to that, that you remember? Or, or was it something that developed over time? Um, both. Both. I could give you a moment. Um, so, uh, um, oh, here's a moment. Um, we did our first fundraiser. And what I did is I got a board of people that have names and flashy. Mm-hmm. so that it tracks people. You got to look good because we're competing. Yeah. By the end of the day, we're competing. Right. So I got a, a really great board of people and on my board. And, um, and so what happened was uh, two and a half weeks before our, uh, our date, our opening date, we only had maybe, um, what was it? We had probably 10 people on the list to, to come in and sign in, and we only had maybe $5,000. And I freaked Mm. And and so I got a call from one of the board members and they said, listen, Clarence, we got two weeks. Why don't we move the date? And I said, we can't. We can't move the date because that means I feel like I'm giving up. And that's setting, that's setting example to the kids. Mm-hmm. So I said, listen, you know what? We have, I did the numbers. I did the math in my head. I said, listen, we have X amount of people on the board. I'm asking the board to do three things. Bring me a sponsor and 10, sell 10 tickets and something else, I couldn't remember what it was. But anyways, I asked them and I, and I said, we can do it, we got two weeks. And I got on the phone and I raised $5,000 within probably a couple hours. Wow. So if I can do this, you guys got two weeks, two and a half weeks. Mm. And we ended up that on our first event raising, um, how much was it? $70,000 wow. for mm. our first event. Wow. Mm. And great. so that, you know what I mean, again. That's great. That's really That's good. great. I think um, for me, before I pass to Derek for some more of the, the business questions, you touched on that earlier. Um, something that I've been trying to promote and encourage more people to do is like we have this fixation with the individual beating the odds, going from nothing to something or overcoming these huge obstacles. Like for some reason, us as humans, we are fixated with that. But you touched on it a little bit earlier. Talk to us about the team that you had to build because this came from your heart and it came from something, you know, that you're very passionate about, but there's, you couldn't do this yourself unless, correct, am I, exactly. am I right in saying exactly. that? So talk to us about the team that you, because now you go from, you, you feel this way and you got something that you want to do and now you have to build a team of people to help you reach your goal and not only that, you have to get them to see the same things that you see. So walk us through that process. So, I'm going to let you first understand and set it up to show you what we've done. And so we have these programs. We have an um, uh, after-school program mm-hmm. at the Launchpad. Yep. And part of, partnered with Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. And then we have an uh, in-school program. We do eight to ten weeks. And that's when we go inside the schools. Instead of having gym class, you have our program. Then we have summer school. That's for three weeks or two weeks, two to three weeks. And we have March break, these programs. And these programs... They don't pay for it. We feed them. We do everything. So now to build these teams, what I found is, and again, when I, go, when I used to go to seminars, I try to find new ways. I'm always asking, so what do they want to learn? I want a new, new ways. Don't tell me the same thing. It's already over again. With all this technology and everything out there, we can find new ways. So what I did, because I, I sat and watched all the non-for-profit companies and what they're doing, the burnout stage and whatever, I wanted to use interns because I started going to colleges. And I went to the in, and I used the colleges and the interns. So I started when we did postings for kids to come in, just like how I started at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't show up, you know, because it's like, you know, circus program, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, again, this is, that wall was again. Yeah. So what I did, I, I talked to school, I said, let me do a workshop, let me do a presentation, a lecture. So I went in and started recruiting kids. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started building it. So we basically, I'm looking at it because with the technology, we can create a system. And that's why I'm here today to talk to you about that, the future of it, to create a system so that we can have interns coming in and working with us. And because now in colleges, like kids that go to university and undergrads, they go to university, if, they want, if they're not going to take a professional as in law or legal or, um, or, or, or medicine or whatever, they have to go to college to get that work experience because that's what colleges now provide. We know that so that I want to give these kids the experience. Yeah. So that's what I do. So I bring these kids in part of our program, and we have interns. And then what I want to work towards is having 
um, people like uh, uh, admin, admin level uh, accountants uh, and, and, and communications people oversee it work part time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when we grow, it still stays the same and we can put our money back into the program, okay. not into paying more people. Yeah, because we I'm building a system. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's the thing that I. Yeah, that's I, awesome. That's so do you think that do you think that because we talk about ego a lot too, right? And like sometimes the same thing that can make you great will hurt you. So do you think that you built that team of interns out of necessity first, or was it less like I don't have to have a bunch of professionals do this? I feel like I want to give these opportunities to these kids because either way it's good because you did it, right? But I think for other people that are listening, I think that sometimes making that distinction with your ego early on is either can, can make a huge difference. It's a good question. Um, it was never out of ego, it was out of necessity. It was always it became out of necessity because um, we, we, first of all, you don't have the funds. Right. And you're competing and you gotta get there. And we got to get for the community. So that was the reason for getting these kids. And, and what it is, we're teaching. And I had a whole different process of working with these interns. So, for instance, once I started recruiting them, I would have a person go out and find them, take the level, take the group down to what, one or two people in the night interview. And the one girl I got, that's why now I'm sitting on boards because of that. The one girl, I, well, I'll give you one example. One of the girls I got, we, we have a thing called Open House. This is another event we have. And it's like almost like a, a slash, I don't want to say the word, We Day. <laughs> the we Day and, and TED Talks. Mm-hmm. I know our kids will never get to see that. So what I do is I create, then I bring it, we bring it to them. In Regent Park, we invite 500 kids, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, teachers, parents, community leaders, everybody come in the room and we do like a TED Talk. And I'm gonna have ask you to come in one day. Nice, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. And and uh, we have different speakers, and we have performers, and and we just have a stage in the center, no fancy lighting. Kids sit on the floor. All the teachers, politicians sit around the outside, and and then this happens. So I had to have a girl put this together, and so what I did is I hired because my background's from producing and directing. I hired a girl from Humber College, and the girl I recruited done couple shows like snowboard shows and whatever. So these guys guys are all out of control sometimes. I figured this is a good girl because she's done these sh- shows with snowboarders. And um, so I said, this is what I'm going to do. For the first three months, it's the f- first three months, I'm going to let you and I put the program together so you always know what it is. Instead of bringing you in and you working under somebody, no, you're going to put the program together with me mm. and do check-ins. Mm. She put the program together with me and then the last month, I brought a pro in. So now she works with a pro. Mm. Wow. So she has a whole different understanding. Wow. Okay. Right? That's good. And then, and then from there, and we, our show was successful. But then she got a job, call me back, she got a job working with, um, doing entertainment coordinator for Canada Games. So she had to move out to, and that's when nice. Humber College asked me to come on their board. Wow, wow. wow different good. thinking. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. So I'll step back in, I got another question for you. So I hear a lot of great things, um, but I wanna ask you, what would you say is your biggest weakness or the biggest weak, weakness facing your organization and how do you turn that into a strength? It's right on what I'm going through now. Every executive director, we go through burnout. And, and, and it's just the workload, everything it takes to do. And um, now our weaknesses are our organization getting our infrastructure together and, and to make it meet our vision and getting the board and everything. So what I'm now looking in the field is, is the hardest thing. Of course, I could say raising money. Right. But I know there's a lot of money out there. Right. And to have that right kind of ex- executive director that can partner with me, that's because I got into this not knowing. I just did this on gut instinct and everything I've learned in the business from my world. Now, to take it to the next level, I'll need somebody that is an executive director that understands government initiatives, all kinds of things, grants, all these kind of things. Right. And that's our weakness now to me. I don't look at it as a weakness. I look at it as a growth. Right. Right. Well, it's interesting what you said, because what you're saying, you said the burnout. Right. And I always think I run an organization as well. Right. And there's no time off when you run an organization, nonprofit, for profit. There's never any time off. You don't you don't perform for a season. You're performing year round and you're trying to grow your organization. So it's interesting. You know, where do you go? to re-energize yourself, right? What, what do you use? And I think that's what you're speaking to, correct? Exactly, and, and to use an innovation, find somebody that fits our model 
And what it is, the, what I've started to do is build it in such a way where here's a 10-year plan. And I want to be self-sufficient of the pie of how we raise money. And maybe I want to have maybe one-third of the money comes from us that we raise our money. And it goes back into the community. So I figured out a plan where uh, I want to build. And it's made, it could be five years, two years, whatever, how many amount of years. And to build a system where you have whoever, once we look at our plan, then whoever we bring in as executive director, this is their specialty. And they can build this for us for a year. And then we go and get another one. Right. Because even executive directors have a time span. Correct. Right? And I understand that. So, okay, say we have a five-year plan and, and we have our board and we get our board, we build our board upon the same thing. So our board's built upon, I, I look at it as a puzzle. You need these five different things. And I ask each board member, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I need you to uh, do X, Y, and Z, which they're really good at. You can do five things. I'm asking you to do two things. And I'm giving you, and I even timed it to like how long it's going to take them within a year at time. How many minutes? Or in a year? And just to get them so they understand, say, if it's like, you know, 10,000 minutes in a year, all I'm asking for you to do is 500 minutes, okay. which equals to one week. That's seven days of week in the year to get me this hair. Can you do this for me? Right. They say yes. And you have all these pieces of the puzzle. The executive director will manage that and pull that whole thing together. So now we know that we can reach our goals. Right. Okay. I like that. So let's talk. Let's, let's talk about things that we've seen very recently, right? So in the middle of building a board, finding an executive director, bringing students in, we go through a year like last year. We have a pandemic. We have protests all over the world. And uh, it was a unique year, right? Mm -hmm. So as a leader, what would you say was the big, the, what, what, what's the opportunities that you saw come out of that? And what are the challenges that those times presented for you and your organization? The challenges was a lot of mental illness, not no mental illness, it was, a, it was a lot of well-being, mental health with their kids on, first of all, their lives have been disrupted. And, and going every day online from school, then on our program, they're dealing with a lot of issues, more and more every day. So we're online talking to them, it's not that personal thing. So right. that was a huge that was a huge thing. And I'm like looking at high level. I'm not in there day to day. Mm -hmm. And our, our, our managers and, and our instructors had to deal with that. Kids not being on the screen or not on the screen on and off. And that was tough for them. And, and that's the side of it. And plus, everybody pulled back. Everybody's in the disarray. Right. And that's when I look at, okay, we can do something here for me. Because I'm on the other side of it. I'm saying we can create programs the new unique programs, but I had to let it go to figure it out and to engage kids in different ways. I, I say, look, let's look at what's working out there. Online, gaming, you know, why don't we create games? So I thought of this thing calling the Square Circle Olympics, where we have, we take groups of kids uh, from say different schools and we teach them all how to juggle online. We create a game, we teach them how to juggle. And then they work as a, a, as a team, as, as a one team for 30 people. I was just like, guys, let's create something and do this juggling game. Right. And as soon as they stop, whoever stops, whoever, first person that drops the ball, that's where your number is. And the wing school can juggle the longest 30 people. That encourages them to practice together, come together as a unit, all kinds of things mm -hmm. that we can create out of that. Wow. And then they get running shoes, these kind of things. So there's, there's the pros and the cons of it. And it's always weighing these things out. Right. You know, but I could sit here again and talk to you about how tough it is in the Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter is unbelievable. That's the most powerful thing I've ever seen in years where you have, I look at it personally, I don't mind if you, I can talk about it, right? Absolutely. That's I look why you're at, here, bro. Yeah. yeah no. so I, we'd, be, we'd be wrong if we didn't. Yeah. yeah. So the way I personally look at it is, um, it was interesting for me, um, being the age that I am and growing up and seeing Martin Luther King said, I had a dream. And then what, 30 years, 40 years later, we get a president? The United States, a black president, mm. that took time. And, and youth wants it now. They always want it now. And, and because they lived on this earth for a short amount of time, they don't realize what it took. Like just way back in the 70s, or sorry, in the 80s, they didn't play black music until Michael Jackson said, you know, the record label said, we're going to pull your mu Michael Jackson, all our music, if you don't play Michael Jackson's music. And these things had to happen. And they can't happen. These changes can't happen quickly because people can't react. If they react, they're going to go back. They have to take the time. 
Mm-hmm. They have to take the time to understand it. And this new generation of kids that are growing up in hip-hop, I think that's where it changed for me personally because now hip-hop went from the NWA, from that whole thing, from being, to me, from being a, a, a subculture way back in the day, you were, you were, if you were into white music or a certain type of music, you were like, oh, you know, rock music or you're this here or, you know, black music, R&B, you were this here person with black music. But now hip-hop is about a culture. Mm-hmm. And kids are making money and making a living. It's flipped over from a, from a, from a uh, I guess, from a, a smaller um, um, subculture to a culture. And now kids are making money, so they have a whole different understanding. So now they understand where the black man, the struggle of the black man, because they're writing the music. Mm-hmm. And they're part, that's in their blood. Mm-hmm. You have white Jewish, everybody. And so and now you have the whole world, a youth, are marching every day. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. For, for Black Lives Matter, but it's for equality. Yeah. For Matt. So that's where it set the difference for me. Yeah. And that whole feeling. Yeah. And, it, and it's because of the music and the sports and the athletics. It's exactly what you're doing today. No, 1,000%. That's why we're here. And, and that's why I said it. So um, I would speak as one of those youth that you're talking about. Like, I think we're starting to realize that our culture does run the world. And with that power... It doesn't have to be a head-on collision all the time. Sometimes it will be, and me personally, I'm okay with that. Some people may not be, but I think for the most part, it's up to us to bridge the gap as we're sitting here today as a younger guy. We got younger gentlemen in the, in the room with us as well with some older guys that got some experience, I'll call it, um, and we're bridging the gap. And so with all that being said, how do we sh- shine light on some of the challenges you might face in your field because I'm sure that there are other organizations that you can point to that may have different treatment than, than what you may have as, as a black man running your organization. How, how can we help you shine light on some of the, the obstacles that you might face as being a black man? So first of all, you're here listening. Yeah. That's a start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's a, the huge thing is communication, listening to what we have, what we're all about. For what we need for Square Circle is I can again it's not the money thing because if you have the right infrastructure we will make we'll get the money. Well listen, don't say that again cuz we're going to get you some money but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah don't 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 let them know you don't need the money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate. We need the money. Yeah, right. yeah my man we, Clarence needs some money yeah. for yes. listening. Yes. But so, continue. So thank you for that. That's that's what I, that's what you're here for. So what it is is that um what I again I want to have a proper structure in place. With our through our communications, which is huge because our communications are admin and financing, so that we can run a proper program. Right now, we've been running uh, all this time with a trustee, mm-hmm. and therefore we can't get the big grants. Right. So have that in place. This makes a big difference to have that 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 financial um, um, sustainability mm-hmm. will make a big difference to grow our program. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think you're on the right track, man. Everything that that you're saying it sounds great. Um, it's a little different because uh, you know, as the way this was built was for the the entrepreneur, right? But I think sometimes we lose focus of the things that actually matter. And you know, I hear it in your voice how passionate you are about this and, and giving back to the kids. So just from our side, it's just dope to see. And want to commend you on on the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and keep going but um i think that being here having this conversation like you said continuing to 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 think it through 
I'm sure your brain will be spinning, you know, once you, once you leave here of, of more ideas on how you can get better. Um, I would like to know just in more detail, like what's your vision or what's your goal? It's something that we, me and, me and Derek talk about a lot for people, ourselves and others. Like what is your, what is your vision? Where do you see Square Circle going? Or where do you want it to be five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? Like what, what's your ultimate goal? I love that question. So my, the ultimate goal for us at Square Circle is, first of all, as I said, once we have our structure together, to have square circles in areas around. Like, for instance, we have a, a donor that's in Barbados to start up a program in Barbados, find out what their need is, mm. and start a program there. My vision for S- Square Circle, as I was saying earlier on, is to be self-contained where we become a social enterprise. And where we become, so now the kids, for instance, I have this idea I'm going to say it out anyways. I want us to un, um, own social circus or circus programming for youth mm. on TV, like Disney. So instead, we create like the Mickey Mouse slash um, Mickey Mouse Club slash Barney slash Sesame Street, where our kids will be able to teach kids that are young, like, you know, young kids anywhere from like two to three years old. Our kids create programming for this because they're already doing it online. And that's the way. And also, and we we're also we're, we're doing. We started this with our programming. With our, uh, we have kids teaching uh, other kids how to juggle, and these kind of skills land into to hand eye coordination. I can go on and on about that. Mm-hmm. But have our kids doing corporate mm-hmm. and building these kind of institutions of building the vision of Square Circle, so that we do properties that we can we also own and we can kick back into. Now, kids in the community will see. Because you're competing against, you know, the gangs and everything else, the money. Everybody's mm-hmm. about money. So, and, and pride. Mm-hmm. And this will give kids real pride if you're now producing. You're like, you know, 17 years old, 18 years old, you're producing. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and then, so, and then we get some from government still and some from different facets. Awesome. So let's, let's get to the hard part. And this is the part that we usually do behind closed doors. We take meetings. Me and Derek, we talk. Um, I'll preface this by saying we're both very patient people. Yes. And which is weird for me at my age. I don't know a lot of people my age with the patience that I have, some I've been blessed with. And Derek is not the 35-year-old that he looks like. I'll just say that. I ain't 36. Gonna say, yeah, I ain't going <laughs> to say my man age. But so, Derek, as you're listening to Clarence give his um, spiel on, on his thing, what, what do you think as somebody that's listening to this for the first time, challenges, things that can help them? Um, but just give us your thoughts. Well, first off, I like your energy, I like your passion for what you're doing and the fact that you're looking out for people other than yourself. Um, I heard you talk, put a lot of emphasis into your board and raising money. I didn't hear you talk much about earning money and how you could take what you're creating and turn that into a, you could generate revenue through what you're teaching those kids, hypothetically, right? So one thought hypothetically might be if you were to have someone on your board, when I think of putting together a board, I think of people that I can plug into different things that are going to help my organization grow, right? So hypothetically, you have somebody who's in live entertainment, whether it's venues or whatever, but they have access to live entertainment. So you take what you're teaching in terms of the, um, the circus and take that and create a big event, right? So the public can come and the public can come, and you sell tickets, and you make more money. So I, I didn't hear that part of your strategy come through, and maybe I missed it, but can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, we have a, a show we, every year. It's fundraiser. Okay. It's called uh, Mask Off Masquerade. Okay. And that's where we raise our money, and we have our kids perform. So we basically put a two-hour show the night before. It's amazing. And I scoped the show, and, we, and that's where our fundraiser, as I spoke, I think, a little bit about it earlier. But you're right at what you're saying, because oftentimes we talked about that, how we can go and do shows and perform and make, you know, due diligence and making money in that way. Right. But that's one of the ways we do and we, we make our money, is our funding okay. from these programs. And, and a couple programs we have as a square lens where we, have, we do photography in our program. And one of our summer school, we, try, we sell artwork. Okay. Nice. Yeah, um, and so that that's one part. The other part I have is you come. I did a uh, I did a study on Circus Olay a couple of years ago. I was working on the NBA, 
And um, we talked about Cirque du Soleil as a, uh, what we call a blue ocean strategy, right? There were a couple circuses that was in the in our country or that people went and visited and took their kids to for over 100 years. One was Ringling Brothers and one was Barnum Bailey. They always, they, they, they operated one way. They bought animals down the street, which are taboo in today's world, and they brought out people who were different, right? And people wanted to go see that in the circus. Well, over time, our society and our culture has changed. You don't walk animals down the street anymore. You don't, you don't highlight people who are different, right? So in the midst of these two, two circuses that people went and visited for over 100 years, each one of them, they're no longer around. Mm. And you know what the big circus is? Circus of Olay. They call it a blue ocean strategy. And, you know, what I, what I would encourage you is to step back and think about how did Circus Olay grow and do what two circuses over 100 years old couldn't do? Mm. Have you ever thought about that? That's why I worked with them. <laughs> That's the reason. I've seen it. And, and like, you know, circus used to be we took our kids there. Mm-hmm. Well, Circus Olay, you do corporate events, adults go there, people go for dates. Mm-hmm. So there, there's something in their strategy, I guess I'm getting at, that you can probably glean from to help. And you work directly with Circus Olay, is I, yeah, what you're I, I was one of the choreographers for a show called Anuva. Okay. And then I choreographed Kuza, which yeah. is the, it's still out. It's one of the oldest shows that are on tour, and it's doing really well. Yeah. So then my question would be, um, and this may be a little different because you are doing not-for-profit, but you still got to raise the funds. And Derek can tell you this. Like, I just, I think very big, right? And not only for myself, but for others. So my, my question would be, um, how can you take what you know in your experience, like you just said, you choreographed, you know, choreographer for Circus Olay, that's a big deal. How do you take that and do your own other than the fundraiser, right? So how do how do we get that fundraiser to be the biggest thing you need so then we're not talking about funding no more because you have the expertise, you have the experience. How 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 do you see that that relationship blossoming as you go? And I think that's the same thing I'm saying. We're both saying the same thing. You have something special. Because the way we are would be, yes, we love love them. We love them, right? Mm. But why can't we do it? And I don't know what their board looks like. I don't know who started it, so I'm going to speak lightly here because I'm not informed on that. But how do do we Mm. have that? Right. That's, so, that's, that's, that's the question. That, 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 that's where my mind would ultimately go. So that is, again, a process. We partner now with um, Seven Finger Circus and National Circus School. And National Circus School enrollment is, like, unbelievable what they do. And having our kids a part of that. And, and, and again, we're not about getting kids into circus, but using the circus to help them in their life skills. And some of them, you know, we have some amazing success stories I can share with you about some of our kids. But the whole idea what we have to do now is um, sit down and think about that. Partnering, creating partnerships with other companies like like maybe like Seven Finger Circus or, or, or that we have that close relationship of building something like that for youth. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a process. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like it's harder to build that since you are not-for-profit, whereas like certain... Um, entities or businesses can use those funds to grow because it is it is a society that's built for people to make money you know what I mean mm. and the people that make a difference sometimes kind of get the short end of the stick so have you run into any challenges there like what from what I'm hearing you kind of have enough expertise that if you wanted to do a, a show or a circus and travel and, and, and make it a business you could do that right but here you are in a community giving it back and paying it forward sometimes those people get the short end of the stick yeah i agree um and so say that question again can you i feel like do you feel like there is more challenging to do it as a non-for-profit versus if you were doing it for profit uh it's an interesting question there's two sides to because the non-for-profit is to go into the communities and help the kids and not all kids will want to be circus performers if we look at the percentage of kids we have, you know, it's interesting. It would be less than half of the kids who want to be circus performers, but they can use their life skills. I can express that story a, a little later, but um, it can happen mm. to set examples. 
and where they, that's why I said to do that TV kind of thing, that project where they are, because they're doing video, kids are doing video and they're doing all these kind of things. We're doing it already within our system. Mm-hmm. So now we grow this out nice. and we could do shows. And it's not only the shows, but it's just the whole thing of what we can do online right. and build this right. and having youth. And then all the, and then community, the community sees these kids now making money. Right. And it changes the whole game of everything because now, because they're already producing. We have our kids, what we do with our program, I have our kids work with professionals. Mm. Instead of building the whole program and, and, uh, and having professionals come in and just do the job, they collaborate with them. So now they learn. And again, I have success stories where our kids have put programs together. And so that's part of the process. It's, just, it's a conversation to sit down and, and working with like a professional group like Seven Finger Circus or mm-hmm. like a Cirque du Soleil or somebody. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, so the easy part is coming up with the ideal. The hard part is like trying to figure out, do we think he has the secret sauce? Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is the part of the show that's 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 a little weird because like you said, like some of these things take time, right? And 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 even the mind need time to process things. So I would say to me what I look for in in people that I do business with or businesses that I think have a chance is is do they have a clear intent? Do they have a strategy? Do they have the passion for it? And do they have the team for it, right? To me, that would just be me coming up with some things that as I'm sitting down in front of you, you check all of those boxes, right? So that's the hard part about this thing that we do here is like, it's still a crapshoot. And um, I feel like these business opportunities and these scenarios are more psychology than science. And so we all look for this perfect science of how to grow our business and how to do these things. And who knows? You need the sun to come up on the right side on the right day with the right temperature, with the right wind. And I would say that I I believe it. Looking at you in your eyes, I believe it. Um, I want to wish you the best going forward because it is a challenge. You know, you're staring up a steep hill, but as we all are. Mm. And, And it's not the first hill that you've encountered. It won't be the last. So... Um, I want to wish you the best on on your journey. Um, thank you for for coming out and, and taking the time. It's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you got any closing remarks for him? No, I would just say take back to your board and talk to them about a nonprofit can also have a for profit component and see how you guys can use that because I I think you're touching on something when you're talking about the kids performing and because your entertainment. You mentioned Walt Disney your entertainment. There's an entertainment component that can be a for-profit component that really helps you supersize. Do you have a, doing. do you have a, like a, a, a protege or somebody right under you that you're trying to groom into? Because when I'm hearing you say about the, the executive uh, director, part, the executive director part, right? Is that something that you feel like is out there? Yeah. Or is that something that, oh, yeah. that you can grow or you want to go get one, somebody that's, that's, that's ready There's to There's a couple in, people right? I have in mind. Okay. You have them in mind. And so what of our program, what we have on our program, we have, we start with our program from eight, uh, from eight to 14. And that's how our program is, as you see, what we start with. And then they go to um, interns. And they intern with our program. Then they go, CSJs, we got a government program where we pay them now to come and work on our office program. And that's how we grow in our program. So, again, we're six years in, and we're just growing our program now. So that my whole thing is, is getting that next person in place so that we can now move in that direction. Nice. Okay. So with Clarence and um, Square Circle, the social circus, uh, we talked about how building a not-for-profit entertainment um, company uh, and also making that a for-profit entertainment company could probably help the nonprofit work that he's doing. So uh, I think he's on the right track. I think he has a, a very unique um, opportunity and a unique uh, business aspect that a lot of people may not um be familiar with. I know I wasn't before he sat down. Um, And I think that as he's exploring the revenue stream and trying to build more partnerships and trying to uh, drive capital, uh, I think that the biggest thing he's going to have to do is build that team up like we spoke about. 
Uh, I know he was looking for other high-ranking executives to help take his uh, company to the next level. Um, but more importantly, the fundraising aspect of things, because it's hard to do any of this stuff without money. Right. And, you know, think about fundraising. I think about TurboTax and how TurboTax could really help him because he needs to be in a position to where um, he can, you know, one of the things that you think about when you think of a nonprofit, you think about being able to fundraise and figuring out how to help, you know, telling people a reason why to contribute. And I think if people feel like, one, they're doing good for the community and yet they're minimizing their tax liability, then it's the perfect scenario. And I think TurboTax can help them achieve that, right? TurboTax is very good at, um, calculating, you know, offering some deductions that he could benefit from and share with those donors that could help him grow, you know, the uh, the uh, square circle social circus. For sure. Okay. And just, uh, I um, mean, obviously, Derek, you taught me a lot about um, tax credits and how you can use certain foundations um, and deductions to uh, help your business aspect, but also making sure you're getting all the proper benefits when you are trying to do good. Um, so I know I, we do a lot of work in the community, both. I have my own foundation. You and your family do um, work. We do it together a lot. Uh, so just right. talk about how some of those things work in terms of if I wanted to uh, allocate a certain amount of money towards uh, a project. Right. Well, I think it's, it's, it's spotting some good donors. Like in your case, you know, we know what your tax liability is. Right. So if I were in Clarence's position, I would try to target some donors where I have a sense of what their revenue is and maybe just give them a sense of what, you know, through TurboTax, I could probably share with them some of the benefits um, that by contributing to the Square Circle Social Circus that they would get through the tax code. Right. So that's what we do with you is we sit down and we say, okay, you know, you're going to make X amount a year. So let's try to give some of that away because it reduces your, your, your tax liability. So um, I think Clarence could do the same thing. And with TurboTax, the greatest benefit is he could do estimations for people. He could figure out the credits and the deductions for them. Um, I'd probably have a professional on his side who helps. So when he sits down in front of you and he's asking you to make a contribution, he already knows the benefit, the tax benefit you're going to get. And then with TurboTax, you know, look, it does about 400 automatic searches. So it can be very strategic. So it works to his benefit. And also, I think you need to make sure that, you know, we and you are investing in these charitable organizations like Square Circle um, that actually make a, a big impact in the community and our community. Perfect, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, we got Clarence Ford here from Square Circle um, doing doing the good work that needs to be done. Um, so thank you for coming out again. This was a pleasure. Um, I'm your host, Fred Van Vliet, with my co-host, Derek Folk. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. I to feed. I know the family looking at me to get it. Just know I'm with it. All the ones who busting you with your actions, I can't forgive them. I remember all the ones who said fuck it, but now we living. Running up a hundred M's and I promise I won't forget it. Uh. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 